From Bob Young Field, Tom Frederick, Tim Hyatt, it's been our pleasure to bring you a long <laughs> afternoon of football. <laughs> you can say that again. Here it is, almost 5 o'clock. This game was due to start at 1 o'clock, but lightning in the area delayed it twice, so we didn't get started till after 2 p.m. Uh, 2.07, I think, was kickoff. And uh, Augustana wins it in convincing fashion for just the third time, and the key to the city rivalry, 49-29, the final. And congratulations to Coach Jerry Oshevsky again, earning his 100th victory with today's win. And it was a convincing win. No doubt about that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, a 20-point win. It, obviously, Augie's biggest edge in the series in any of their victories. 49 points, the second most scored by a victor in this series. USF scoring 51 in 2018. But, yeah, all around, uh, certainly the best quarterback play in a game that we've seen, I, I think, on a, on either side. Is that fair to say? I, I mean, yeah. one Bauman guy, one had guy his hand in all seven touchdowns. And the other quarterback rushed for over 100 right, yards exactly. and, and, and a score himself. Yeah. So, yeah, it was an entertaining game. Uh, Cam Dean did struggle a little bit throwing the ball. He suffered Through two, two interceptions, yep. And uh, 49-29, the final here. And if I had any say, any vote in the matter, I think Casey Bauman would be the NSIC Offensive Player of the Week. And, and uh, to Brandon Meisner and Matt Witwicky, maybe the D2Football.com Player of the Week nationally. He had a great, great ball game here today. They'll be talking about it, no doubt, tomorrow night on their live show on X, on YouTube and Facebook starting at 7 o'clock. All things D2Football on Sunday evening. And then we'll rehash this game and the rest of the... Uh, contest in the league including that big game of the week between Mankato and Bemidji on our NSIC weekly podcast this weekend and let's tell the folks what happened in that yeah, game. Yeah Bemidji was driving down 27-24 they attempted a 42 yard field goal to tie the game and the field goal was no good so Mankato stays undefeated at 5-0 and Bemidji drops their first game of the season they're 4-1 and both of those teams, as we mentioned before, will come to Sioux Falls yet this season to take on Augustana at Kirkaby Over Stadium. Here's a quick scoring summary of today's game. Cougars got on the board first. Dylan Rudnigan from two yards out on the opening possession of the day. They went for two and got it up 8 nothing. Then the Vikings scored the next 21 points. Two touchdowns in the first quarter. 26-yard pass. Casey Bauman to Mitchell Goodberry. And then a 26-yard aerial. Bauman to Canyon Bauer. It was 14-8 Vikings after one. They got on the board after the Cougars turned it over on downs in the uh, second quarter. They took over at the 42-yard line, their own 42-yard line, with 58 yards and 10 plays. The first of two Bauman to Devin Jones touchdown to passes, this one covering 13 yards. Cougars countered. Dean took it 72 yards in two plays. The final of those two yards was a 59 two plays was a 59 yard run 21 15 was 707 to go in the first half vikings up to, to 28 15 73 yard throw bomb into devin jones and then they got it to 35 15 on a short field a 17 yard throw bomb into utech that came after hayden wallace picked off cam bean to give them that short field and then Dean converted a nine-yard throw to Matt Grisbowski with six seconds to go in the first half to make it 35-22 at intermission. 
Augie then scored the next 14 in a row. The only points in the third quarter came with three minutes to play in the period. Baum on a two-yard run, capping an 11-play, 80-yard drive against the wind. So it was 42-22 at the end of three. Baum in his sixth touchdown pass of the day. 21 yards to Canyon Bauer with 4.37 left. That came on a short field after another interception. This one by the other linebacker. Who was uh, Hoops. Hoops. Braden Hoops. Braden yep. Hoops. 49-22 the count then. And Sioux Falls scored the final points of the game. Dylan Rudnigan, just like he opened the game, from two yards out, capping an eight-play, 75-yard drive with 1.45 left to give you the final score of 49-29. You mentioned... 2018, highest points by any team, 51 by the Cougars. Augie now a close second with 49 today. Over 1,000 yards of offense in that game. Not quite today, but a ton of offensive production. Yeah, over 850 yards, 851 to be exact uh, in this ballgame. 436 for the Vikings, 415 for USF. Uh, And the, the breakdown... For USF, it was almost even 207 on the ground, 208 through the air. Uh, Augustana 110 rushing, 326 passing. Most of their damage done through the air, and most of that in the first half. 49-29, the final score here. Cougars at 2-3 and three on the road next week in St. Paul. Our pregame starting at 11.30, the kickoff at high noon at Seafoam Stadium. Augustana will try to go to 6-0, and oh, and I think they probably will. They entertain Southwest Minnesota State 1 o'clock yeah. on October 7th. SMSU lost a non-conference game to Valparaiso today on the road, 16-15. to 15. Valparaiso, a non-conference opponent that the Mustangs scrambled to land here in Week 5. The Cougars scrambled to land a non-conference opponent in Week 9. And I think we got a little bit uh, tougher foe yeah, than the third than ranked the gorillas of Pittsburgh State. We got to venture into the jungle down in Kansas at the end of the month. 49 29, our final here. And let me tell you a little bit about the uh, team at Windstar Lines, your premier motor coach company. They help bring communities together through the power of sports. Join the folks at Windstar and cheering on teams and showcasing the spirit of camaraderie that defines Windstar Lines. And if you're looking for a career change and you want to get paid to travel, look no further than becoming a driver for Windstar Lines. Visit GoWindstar.com to learn more. Visit Schulte Subaru at 7601 South Minnesota Avenue or online at SubaruofSiouxFalls.com to find your next vehicle. Remember to be kind, stay positive, and think Subaru. And the Holiday Inn City Center, a timeless landmark and beautiful historic downtown Sioux Falls at 100 East 8th Street. It's the perfect place to host your next event. Call the Holiday Inn City Center and book today. 605-339-2000. Holiday Inn City Center, the site of last night's University of Sioux Falls Athletics Hall of Fame banquet. Did a pretty nice job. Tim got his fill. I did. Nice meal. Did a All nice right. job emceeing as well. Well, thank you. I wasn't fishing for compliments. <laughs> 49-29, the final here. And we're joined now by Coach Jim Glagowski. Your first key to the city battle, Coach. Not the way you wanted it to end, but Augustana was quite impressive today offensively, I thought. 
Yeah, you know, it was kind of a weird start with the delay. Um, oh, yeah, man. Not that that had nothing to do with our performance today. I, we came out of the gates fast, scored. I thought we did some nice things early. Uh, there was just, you know, in a game like this, I guess I see it differently as a coach. It was one of those games that was going to go back and forth, and uh, I think the fourth down stop, a turnover in the first half. You know, we go to halftime, and I think we were pretty even stat-wise at halftime. It's just those two critical plays probably made the difference, and, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, I didn't coach very well. I got to coach better. We, we got to do a better job of putting our kids in position to be successful. And, and then we got to take advantage of opportunities when we get them. I thought the one of the key things in the first half, Augustana was five of six on third downs. You had a couple opportunities to get them off the field. They converted, I think, one or two. And then there was one where it looked like you got to Bauman and they got them uh, for a face mask and, and uh, helped them extend some drives. And that really allowed them to, to keep finding ways to score. Yeah, there were some, certainly some pivotal moments where, um, you know, yeah, obviously we don't grab a face mask. It's probably they're punting, and, you know, you get a little momentum there. But, uh, you know, those things happen, and we just got to be able to overcome those. You said you didn't coach very well. What did you mean by that? What could you have done differently? Well, I, you know, I just felt like, you know, it's like anything else. You look back on the course of the week, I, I thought we tackled better last week. I thought we struggled a couple times in space today. You know, maybe that's a combination of, of our misfortune and those guys being pretty talented. But, uh, you know, we should have probably tackled more in practice. I thought, like, we were a little bit out of sync on offense a little bit at times. And, um, you know, well, let me be frank with you. Coaches say that kind of stuff because I'm not going to throw my kids under the bus. But it comes back to me as the head football coach. i got to do a better job. And, you know, a lot of that's hard to answer until you see the film. But, um, you know, I, I love our kids. They're playing hard. There's no quit in them. I thought we... You know, I, I really thought the second half we felt pretty good coming out. Actually, I thought we could get the wind at our back, and um, you, you know, got the stop you wanted. Got right the out stop of the we wanted, and then it was just like, man, just a couple. It seems like uh, the Achilles has been for us a little bit of uh, this whole season that we've just made too many mistakes at critical times where the momentum's going our way, and then I think the screen pass, for example, that was one. You know, we get a block in the back on that, and just some of that stuff that just kind of thwarts all the momentum that you have. The uh delay to begin this game talk about that i mean we had to fill time up here because we started didn't really know when the game was going to begin what was it like in the locker room when you didn't really know when you were going to kick this off well we took him inside the bubble where there's plenty of space in there and he had some fluids and stuff and just try to relax a little bit um you know i sat down with the coaches and we just visited about a couple things but you know the reality of it is after thursday's practice the physical part of things are in the barn the haze in the barn as an old coach used to say and, um you know it's you just you just pass in time. You, you have no idea. Every time I thought we were going to go out, it was another thirty minutes. But you know, at the end of the day, it didn't affect us. They had to do the same thing. You could argue their combinations were less than than thrilling. I'm sure for those guys. But um, yeah, it is what it is. That that didn't have to do with the outcome of the game. And it seemed to me when it when we did start getting ready to go again, the crowd was back into it almost right away. And it seemed like the the teams were able to get right back up and and get you know get ready to kick things off. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the crowd was awesome today. The weather actually turned out to be pretty decent, a little warm, but the wind was really nice from a, I'm sure from a spectator standpoint, as a coach's perspective, you know, I'm still getting used to the bob up here, man. It seems like it's never just calm. I don't know what that's all about, but, but you know, it is what it is, and the crowd was awesome. They were into it. Uh, you know, I thought we had some opportunities to really get the momentum swinging, and we just couldn't quite get it going full speed in that direction. You've had some bad luck this year running into coaches who have 99 wins. Kurt Wiesty a couple weeks ago. And <laughs> Don't, tell me. Today. Don't tell me that was number 100. <laughs> yeah, it was for OJ. Uh, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's odd. <laughs> so I don't know yeah, what to what say are the about odds, that. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, 
and I've known OJ for a long time. You know, that's the third time I've been a head coach uh, versus him. And, um, you know, it, neither he nor I have anything to do with the game as far as playing snaps and the other kids play. And we'll get there. You know, I'm just really proud of our kids, the fight they had. Um, we're making some we're making some mistakes that younger players make. And, you know, you, you hesitate to say that as a coach because it sounds like you're making excuses. But I've done this long enough to know that, you know, guys miss a block, guys don't cover the right guy, guys aren't sure what to do on the sideline. That's a byproduct of experience. And we're just – you know, quite frankly, we're grinding through it, and it is what it is. Uh, so I'm not down on the kids at all. They played really hard. They really wanted it. We had a great week of preparation. Our early morning lifts on Tuesday and Thursday, Coach Clower said, were outstanding. The preparation was there. The breakfast this morning, they were locked in. And we just, you know, at the end of the day, all that stuff's nice coach talk, but you got to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And, and we just got to keep getting better. You guys have only generated two sacks this year, and Bauman was clean today, and he had plenty of time to find receivers. How do you get more pressure? on the quarterback going forward? Well, part of it is having a little bit more elaborate bliss package, but I've been a pretty adamant with Coach Cap that we've got to get better at what we do. It doesn't matter if you have a bunch of blitz packages if you don't run them right and don't cover the right guy. And, um, you know, we're at a point right now in week five where the stuff that we have in, um, you know, you I'm not a big blitz guy anyways. You, you want to play solid defense and tackle well, and um, you should be able to generate some pressure with the four-man rush. But, you know, part of that, too, is we've got – traditional defensive tackles out there not true defensive ends and so we're not getting the the true wide rushers that can turn the corner and that kind of stuff so that's that's part of it too and you know i hesitate to say anything that sounds like an explanation because i don't want to make an excuse but you know that there, there's an element there where we're playing with a lot of defensive tackles on the field and those guys aren't traditional pass rushers so um and some of the blitz stuff that we're doing uh you know we're limited in that just with the amount of experience but uh We'll get better as the year goes on. Not to put you on the spot or anything here, you've had a tough first month of this season. You've played Mankato, Duluth, Augustana. All of them are unbeaten at this point. Your yeah. thoughts? Well, again, I guess maybe my perspective is a little bit different because I've been on that other side where we've walked into stadiums for three straight years and never lost a game. And I know what that looks like. And, and I'm not saying that we can't look like that, but right now we don't look like those teams that I was a part of. And it's nobody's fault. It, it just is reality, you know. And there's been weeks when and I was, you know, a coordinator, and I, I can call anything on the sideline and draw it up, and the kids know exactly how to fix it. And right now we're working through that, new staff, new players, and I expect we'll get better. And, yeah, you're playing some talented teams, but, I mean, I expect us to compete with those guys. You know, and I look at the two games that we lost by multiple scores, you know, the Mankato game, obviously it never really felt like we did could do anything right and couldn't stop them at all we were misaligned you know now we're missing tackles and nobody wants to see that but the reality of it is is that we're getting beat on football plays now not just mental mistakes and you know we just talked about Duluth I mean they're somebody told me they were up by 28 at halftime over Winona and I mean that's a team that we were toe-to-toe with you know so that's the sign of a young team that there's highs and lows and there's times when you hit your stride and you play really well for an extended period of time and there's times when you kind of like what the heck was that what you know how did he not cover that guy so yeah, it's frustrating for all of us myself included but it's not for a lack of effort and right. I, you know I dare I say you know the future's really bright yeah how important is it I mean I don't want this to sound like I'm I'm fishing for a moral victory but it's, in some ways you had a bunch of guys today who'd never played in this game before and, you know, how important is it for them to get a taste of what this rivalry feels like actually on the field? Yeah, that's a great question, Tim. I mean, it's not a moral victory. I'm not into those at all. Obviously, you win or you lose, and that's the end of the day. But, um, again, I just keep preaching this thing to our kids that we got to grow up and we got to get better. And people don't want to hear that because that's, that's, that's not the microwave philosophy that most people live by. It's a crockpot, as my wife would say. <laughs> you know, and it does. It's just because, yep. you know, let's face it, we, we won 7 nothing last week against, you know, Minot. 
we struggled offensively. I've done this long enough to know that was there was things that happened in that game that that didn't allow us to score forty points like other teams in the league had. Okay. So I see that. Now, this week we come out, we scored a lot more points versus what I would think is a better defense and did some really good things. I mean, let's not forget, we get down there, we get, you know, I thought he scored on the goal line down here. He scores there um, instead of getting stopped, you know, on the one. You know, yeah. we were driving to score here and have an interception. I mean, there, we, were, we were doing things that would give us a chance to win. Yeah. We just aren't doing them well enough, consistently enough. And as a coach, it's my job to sit down on Sunday, Monday, and say, okay, what do we need to do this week in practice so we can be more consistent on Saturday? And, and I'll do that. And like I said, I just – I don't know. I don't know if I should be more disappointed or discouraged. I'm not because I just know how this goes. I've just done it so long to know that we'll get there. And it's more about keeping the kids' mindsets right and keeping them working hard. And like I told them after the game, we got our tail kicked. You walk across the field, you shake Coach Shefsky's hand, tell him good job. Does it stink? They get to go watch, get the key and all that on our field? Yeah, that's no doubt. But that's what happens. You don't play well enough. Like you have to be a man about it and say, we didn't play well enough, man. And you guys, congratulations. You had a nice job. We'll see you next year. Yep. Food always tastes better from a crock pot anyway. Right? Yeah, well, <laughs> at least you don't have to watch it. At least you can just set it and go. Yeah, I, You know, you guys probably know me well enough by now. I, I, I'm i really confident that our kids are here are doing the right things. I really am. Do I wish that we would have won today? Yeah, absolutely. But I also understand that it's a process of things falling in order. And you don't probably score seven points against Minot and then hang 50 on Augie the next week. It just doesn't work that way. Um, I told the kids yesterday, it's like, you want to bench 300 pounds, and right now I do 200. You're not going to bench 300 pounds tomorrow. But what you do tomorrow eventually lets you bench press 300 pounds. And so we're going to stay, stay the course, come back you know, tomorrow, watch the film, get better, and, uh, and practice on the things we got to get better at. I'd like to get to 100 pounds on the bench press. <laughs> You're way out of my league. Uh, I don't want to, again, put you on the spot. How would you rank the, the teams you've played so far, the, the three unbeatens? Who's the most talented of the Mankato, Duluth, Augie? Yeah, yeah, I got no problem answering that question. You guys are never going to put me on the spot, you know. Um, <laughs> you know what? I will tell you this: as far as pure skill, scary skill, it's Mankato, the yeah. tailback. They Nobody beat, else. They beat Bemidji today, twenty-seven, twenty-four. So yeah, they I mean, it's, they're yeah, I mean, they're they're scary, efficient. And, and the thing about those guys is is that they're the, one of the teams that can line up and run the ball. You know it's coming, and it's hard to stop. I saw it for six, seven years. Uh, the skill guys they have can really go get the ball, and they can really run. I don't know if anybody has speed like number one uh, from Mankato. He can really fly. And then I would probably say Duluth, to be honest with you, just because the quarterback is such a different animal. You know, He's such a tough tough out. And defensively, um, I thought they were really fast on defense, and they're a veteran group. And, and I'm not saying that there's that much of a gap. This is nuts than to be sparge against Augie, but – I would probably say Augie as far as third. But then again, maybe my opinion changes if we play them in different order. You know, I don't know. At the end of the day, they're all undefeated. They're all doing a good job. And at the halfway point, it'll be interesting how it shakes out the rest of the way. All right, he spilled the beans here that your former team, Mankato, was able to go into Bemidji and get a win. Shock to you or not a surprise? No, not a surprise. I mean, the, the, you know, there's a... Things like that, going on the road and win, a lot of people make a big deal about it, but... I'll give Coach Hoffer some credit. You know, he's uh, done it for a long time. There's a, there's a, you know, I'm, I was privy to it. There's a formula there, you know, and you run the football, you're big, strong, and physical. Run game always travels. You know, defensively, I think those guys, I worked with those guys all last year, so I know what they're capable of. Um, not that I certainly tutored them or anything like that, but, you know, those guys, they got good players, and if you get the players flying around and making plays and th- – Ultimately, you get to the point where the defense almost kind of runs itself and the guys make adjustments on the field versus, like, for us right now, they're coming to the sideline saying, well, if this happens, what do I do? You know, at Mankato when I was there and we were really rolling, the kids were like, hey, we should just do this. Yep, we should just do that. And so that's just it just takes time. Thank you very much for your yeah. time, your yeah. insight, and uh, 
Lastly, your impressions of this rivalry oh, it was from, awesome. from the inside. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You come out of there, and I felt like I was in the Thunderdome or something like that. There's people everywhere and <laughs> cheering, and they got T-shirts on that say not very nice things about us, and I'm yep. sure we had some T-shirts like that too. So, <laughs> you know, it's all good. I have a lot of respect for OJ and that staff. Those guys have been together a long time, and, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's just not going to be a, a microwave. All right. Thank you very much, Coach Appreciate Jim Glagowski. Cougars lose 49-29 in the key to the CD battle with Augustana here at Bob Young Field. And Tim will go in. Did you give inside the numbers already? Did you do all I the gave, stats? I gave some. I didn't give okay. the individual numbers. Go ahead and finish that okay. off. You bet. I'll just rehash the total numbers. 436 for Augie, 110 on the ground, 326 through the air. 415 for USF, 207 rushing, 208 passing. USF actually with more first downs today, 29-25, to the edge there. Leading rusher in the game was Cam Dean. He carried it 11 times for 120 yards and a touchdown. Dylan Rudnigan, 16 carries, 66 yards and a pair of scores. Jared Epperson had 13 carries and 62 yards to lead Augustana. Cam Dean was 16 of 22 for 139 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. Adam Mullen had, uh, was 7 of 10 for 69 yards for Sioux Falls. Casey Bauman, 21 of 29 for 326 yards, six touchdowns. He also had a rushing touchdown for the Vikings. Uh, Devin Jones, five catches, 121, two scores. Also, touchdown receptions for Logan Utech, Mitch Goodberry, and Canyon Bauer with a pair as well. Carter Slykehouse, nine catches, 95 yards, led the way for Sioux Falls. Eli Schlangen, seven tackles, led the way on defense. Cade Lynott and Peyton Buckley with eight apiece for the Vikings. 49-29, the final score. Augustana with the win, their third ever in the key to the city battle with the University of Sioux Falls. Now up in the booth, cooling off after a hot day down on the field, Chad Berger. A little sun on your face, What was the atmosphere like today? Both sides appeared to be about as full as they could be. They were. It it was really a really a nice atmosphere for a college football game. Um, You know, I think the the delay, the lightning delay before the game kind of brought up some of the anticipation for the crowd that you know it you know kicking off over a little over an hour after the scheduled time the crowd was sitting there and they were just kind of getting hey what's going to happen what's what's going to happen they were getting a little bit more uh, excited about the game and everything and you know i think coach glow said it you know when they walked out there that crowd was pretty loud uh and and both teams scoring on the first drive really uh kind of put put it to a nice college football atmosphere um you know i I don't know who's who's out there listening at home, but man, if you were here, it was a perfect place to be about two oh five, two ten uh, this afternoon. I, I should have mentioned on the stat sheet they list the attendance today at fifty one oh four, which is the second highest attendance at a game for this game at Bob Young Field. Not so, too bad. Good, good turnout today. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, both you guys. He's seen them all in person. You didn't see Duluth in person, sure. but. Who do you think, out of those three unbeaten teams thus far, who's stood out head and shoulders above the rest to you guys? Well, um, I just think Mankato is just so much more explosive. Uh, yeah. D- you know, Duluth and Augustana both have really, really good offenses, um, but the way that Mankato was able to shut down the Cougars defensively, yeah. you know, with their defensive pressure and, and the way that they were able to, to shut down the Cougars, uh, that just puts them a little bit above the other two. Um, I kind of disagree with Coach. I, I kind of have Augustana at number two. I think they have so much firepower on the outside, uh, so many explosive yeah. op- 
options they, and weapons. They come at you with so many receivers. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Glad right. to hear you say that because I'm with you. Yeah. I was very impressed with this offense. Whereas, today. you know, I think I think if Duluth, you know, if Wall Jasper went down somehow, I think they Uh-oh. would they would be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, Augustana just has so much depth and, and so many guys that can do it out there. What would be interesting to me, having seen USF go for 207 on the ground against Augustana and having seen the ground game of Mankato, Augie would have their hands full with that running game of Mankato State. And and like Coach said, good run games will travel on the road, and that's what they'll be bringing back to Sioux Falls for a second time. You know, Augie's going to have to get their, their fits <laughs> and their run run defense in shape for that game. Yeah, the, the Cougars were able to exploit some things there uh, in the first half, right off that left side. Yep. Uh, it felt like every time they ran on the on the left edge, they were able to get yep. outside, get the edge. But they made an adjustment at halftime. Uh, the Vikings did make an adjustment. Yep. The Cougars also <clears throat> kind of started running up the middle a little bit uh, in the second half, so it was a little bit different scheme uh, offensively for the Cougars. Uh, maybe because of the adjustment that the Vikings were able to make at halftime. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, for your analysis and your participation today and helping us fill an extra hour of time. We've been here for seven hours. (laughs) You may be longer than that. And my bladder tells me, yes, each and every one of those minutes comprising seven hours. Well, after two weeks at home, it's back on the road for two more weeks. Concordia followed by Moorhead. We hope that you'll join us. Our coverage continues next Saturday morning, October 7th, 11.30, the pregame, 12 noon, the kickoff, USF at Concordia St. Paul at Seafoam Stadium. Hope you'll join us then. For Chad Berger and for Tim Hyatt and for Coach Kolagowski joining us on the postgame, this is Tom Frederick. This has been USF Football on Fox Sports 98.1 FM, AM 1230, and streaming on the World Wide Web on kwsn.com.